everyone. Welcome to this episode of Across the Bifrost. It is still and always the Mighty Thor podcast, where on each and every episode, we talk about the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. And today, we are beginning our review of this entire year. Faz is here as my awesome, mighty co-host. Faz, are you ready to review all that was in 2022 with the world of Thor? I just think it's crazy. Listeners, just so you guys know, we were planning on doing the whole year in one podcast because in a normal year we could pull that off but this has been an asgardian year yes we 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 can't do it all so this is part one of two (laughs) yeah leading off with uh with the one thing i want to let you guys know we are going to cover the first half of the year in this week's episode and then on the next episode we're going to cover the latter half. So we're going to be talking a lot about a lot about comics, a lot about the merchandise that came out around the Thor Love and Thunder movie and we're going to talk about the build up and the anticipation leading up to the release of our big Thor movie we got this year. So Faz, I don't think there's really any reason for us to delay any further. Are you ready to jump into our 2022 review of this year in Thor, this year in Thor. <laughs> Let's do it. It's going to okay. be Thorsome. Okay. So this is, uh, this is how we're going to start. We're just going to go month by month and we're going to tell you kind of um, the thing that happened on the date that it happened. And uh, then we're just going to kind of tell you what we thought about that thing. Now that we've had basically a whole year Um, You know, we've had some months and weeks in between these occurrences and a little bit of perspective. Um, So let's start off in January. January 5th is our first occurrence, and that is the release of Thor number 20. It is the second part of the God of Hammers comic book story. The creative team on this book is the, the mainstays on the current volume of Thor. That is Donnie Cates, Nick Klein, Matt Wilson, and friend of the show, Joe Sabino, who we're going to say his name a lot tonight. Um, Here's the brief little synopsis from this issue. It says, Mjolnir is on a rampage across the realms and is leaving death and destruction in its path. Thor must act fast to save his kingdom for the deadly prophecy of the God God of Hammers is about to be unleashed. So, Baz, this is our first thing we're talking about tonight. It's an issue that's almost a year old. What do you remember about the this the 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 ramp up in the God of Hammers storyline? Well, I think is is this the one where Mjolnir was revealed? Yes. Last last so, page reveal, we find out who the God of Hammers is. Yeah, so that to me is just wild. It was a very 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 cool panel. The at this point, I think we were still thinking, like, what's going on right now? Where are they going with this? Who's the bad guy going to be? As always, there's amazing imagery. Like, they've, they've got... Uh, these guys are always good about giving you a great splash panel on right. Thor, right? And uh, I I think it was, a, it was a really intriguing story they had us going through here. Yeah, this, this issue was... I remember reading this... Um, I forget where I was when I was reading this, but I was taking a trip, and I, I read this... And that last page reveal of Mjolnir being this personification of lightning and power, I was like, oh, I did not see that coming. Um, I kind of thought the God of Hammers was going to be like a, like a forgotten Asgardian deity or something like that. But no, oh, that was our theory. Yeah, yeah. That there was a God of Hammers. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's literally the personification of Mjolnir itself. And I was like, okay, 
that's intriguing. Um, and uh, also in this issue, we see, you know, Thor and Odin fight. Thor, mm-hmm. Odin, and Loki all, you know, kind of uncover these massacres that are happening on Nidabalir and in Jotunheim. Uh, Itri, the king of the dwarves, dies in, in the previous issue. So we're kind of dealing with a little bit of fallout from that. But the next occurrence in our year review happened on January 26th, and that is Thor 21, which was the third issue in the uh, God of Hammers storyline. And this one, this one uh, is the same creative team. And here is the little synopsis that they give for us. It says, Thor has been beaten down and the God of Hammers is about to take the final blow. Is this the end of the Allfather? Some of that, you know, classic Marvel comics hyperbole. Um, prophecies do come true after all but not always in the ways we have foreseen for there is one last chance to save Thor, but at what cost? Plus we have the shocking origin of the mysterious God of hammers revealed. So Faz, this, uh, the, the, the midpoint of this storyline, looking, looking back on it, what do we think of this issue? Um, many, many, many moons past its release. Well, there's so many things to like in this one. Like we, we have the, the fun lightning sword that Thor had for- a bit there uh, we had um yeah we had him losing his arm in the most grotesque way possible and then just putting it back on because he's the all father <laughs> we have nick klein uh, is disgusting when he draws thor's arm breaking like yeah against the hammer oh nick you're I, gross I, man <laughs> it's it's gross in the best way there's uh is this the one that odin dies in uh i don't believe he uh wait hold on hold on no, it's not. It's not this one. But he's the um, the he's, god of he's hammers. Incapacitated though, yeah. Right, the god of hammers hits him with a with a, a big blow in like his low back mm-hmm. and takes him out. Um, and then we see the per, the the personification change um, to where it also looks like Mangog at this point. Yeah. So that's the last page reveal on this one. Um, really, like I think, and this is something we'll talk about through our year review. I think this was like, I was still completely a hundred percent on board with Donnie Cates writing Thor. And like this storyline still had my, I still had questions and I still thought, you know, um, maybe uh, this Thor was a little too angsty, but that I was like, I was still down with this God of hammers story. Yeah, so the story was still super cool. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. He still had me here. And at this point too, it really is feeling like the theme is because Odin's no longer the all father, everything he's done is unwinding. Right. And it's, uh, and it seems like it's all going somewhere. It's a really cool direction. They're taking it. It's not the direction that they kind of told us about at the beginning of the run, but it's an interesting path to lead. Nonetheless, at this point, we're going to jump into February. Like I said, listeners, the beginning of this year was a lot of comic book, heavy stuff, but um, February really only has one notable event. And that is that month's issue of Thor. On February 16th, Thor 22 came out. It's the fourth part of the God of Hammer story. Same creative team. And uh, the solicitation goes like this. To stop the deadly path of the Mjolnir-wielding God of Hammers, all of the Marvel Universe must come together. The final battle is here, but will Thor's allies survive the Hammer's blows? Thor turns to an unexpected source to ensure victory. So, like the solicitation says, 
so many guest stars in this one and they all come to thor's side to help him try and defeat this god of hammers we do have um as uh faz mentioned just a minute ago the death of odin in this issue oh yeah here's the one yeah so faz what do we think about the death of odin and then that again another stunning last page reveal well the crazy super saiyan thor reveal at the end is fantastic so good even before then, like this was the part, if I recall correctly, that confused the heck out of us because he's calling it to his mom, Gaia. At right. the same time oh, right. in, the, in the Avengers comic, he's talking about his mom, the Phoenix. And we're like, what the hell is going How on? How many moms does this God have? Like, I, I get Odin was a freaky guy, but oh my God. Yeah. Oh, this it this was... is another good issue. It was uh, it was cool to see the whole Marvel Universe come together. Beta Ray Bill leading the charge. It was a little underwhelming, if I recall the fight itself it was only a couple panels of everybody being there before thor's like nah guys get out of here you're gonna die and he just kind of takes over and when odin is finally when odin finally kind of gives up his power Mm -hmm. we get the like faz said we get the super saiyan thor at the end where he's got this golden sword and his hand is outstretched with that uh that plug plasma kind of look Mm -hmm. to his hand and um and the last thing he says is now we want we must put the hammer down yeah. you're like well i think i'm buying the finale next month yeah. <laughs> so, this mean, one uh in in the context of now that we've gotten so many more thor comics you gotta wonder why he hasn't tried any odin force golden thor stuff since then you know that's true uh we, outside of the last two issues of this this storyline this god of hammer storyline we haven't seen thor flex his odin power all that much this year it's i i guess because it like requires the odin sleep and recharging and stuff he just doesn't want to like burn himself with thor sleep but <laughs> the thor sleep yeah, you know, i can't wait till that gets thor written force, for the first yeah. time yeah and uh, i'm gonna go take a thor sleep yeah, yeah um but yeah we uh this is the pentultimate issue and um in march our next event is is not the uh it's not the finale just yet, but in the month of March, we couldn't, I couldn't find a confirmed, like this was the date that it started happening. But in March, we get our first little bit of Thor love and thunder merchandise hitting the shelves in stores. And that was the love and thunder Lego sets. Now, if you're familiar with the world of Lego, every time like a big Marvel or a Disney thing comes out, Lego tends to release these really cool sets that have little clues about the movies. So um, some of the sets included the, uh, the Asgardian long ship the, mm-hmm. uh, in the set, the goat boat. And then they had the guardian ship in this set. And they also released a really cool uh, Thor's hammer where it was kind of a, kind of like a collector's set, but you could build like a, a scale model of the hammer out of Lego. So Baz, do you own any of these Legos from the Love and Thunder set? I don't own any of these Legos, but as a cosplayer, I will say this was extremely important because the Thor costume was leaked near the end of last year. Right. And we were waiting for any sort of confirmation of what it was going to look like. And when these Lego sets came out on the side of the Lego sets was the same art as what was leaked last year in a more HD version. So people like me were able to go to our builders and say, hey, we now have this photo. Can we make the suit off of it? Yeah. So these um, I really want the boat at some point, the long ship. Uh, I think that's like 
of the sets I've seen from this Lego line for the movie, that's probably the one that I've seen people show off the most. Um, now, I, because... I will say, though, like that that hammer, the people who have the Infinity Gauntlets that are yeah. made of Lego get that Mjolnir. And it's just it's a really nice addition to that collection. If you've oh, got the big yeah. Lego props, because they've got like the gold Infinity Gauntlet. They've got the red Infinity Gauntlet. They might have made a cap shield. Now they've got Thor's hammer. So all of that I think together. they have a, like an Iron Man helmet too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like it's, if, it's if you're really a Lego cool guy, stuff. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're moving quickly on to the finale of God of Hammers, which came out on March 9th. Still the same uh, awesome creative team. And the solicitation uh, says this. It's the final chapter in Thor's brutal war against the God of Hammers. And after horrific and tragic loss, the death of Odin, Thor is more determined than ever to finish this fight once and for all, but can he triumph without Mjolnir at his side? Either way, by issue's end, uh, Thor's life will be irrevocably changed. Faz, this one was, I really loved this one because of how it started. Mm -hmm. Like we're in the middle of Thor's fight with the God of Hammers and the first five pages of the finale is Thor and Odin having this conversation just uh, when Thor is much younger, they're having a conversation about the hammer and what does it mean to carry the hammer? I loved how the, the tone switched up at the beginning of the, of the big ultimate fight. What did, what did you think about this issue as a whole? Cause there's, there's a lot in this one. Well, with, with the, with the, the, tone switch like you said i'm a sucker for the whole maybe he wasn't a great dad but here's still a great moment when he was a, a good dad you know trope like yondu has that so on and so forth like this scene is really nice how odin's teaching him how to use the hammer he's like giving him tips it's working it's like when you're older you'll understand it better stuff like that and then you get into the real fight and he's just oh, full-on super saiyan golden so god good. with a sword fighting against because again donny cates loves his swords and he loves his power-ups Right, and right, get right, right. some great fighting. Doesn't he fight with the Bifrost? Like, yeah, he uh, does. Yeah, too. so this may be one of the coolest things Thor did all year. Mm-hmm. Movies, comics, all of it. He uses the Odin Force to wrap the Bifrost around the God of Hammers as the God of Hammers is kind of personifying itself as Mangog, but also as like this moving cyclone looking thing. And then he just starts to beat on uh, on the um he starts basically to i don't know beat up the 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 embodiment of mjolnir but it's like he's pounding like a like an anvil he mm-hmm. he's trying to he's trying to exercise this you know evil spirit that's you know taken on this form and the last few pages of this fight are so great because you see Thor slowly start to break the hammer apart because he's putting so much into this fight. And then by the end, he just has a handle. It's probably the panel of the year, the one when he slams the hammer down and you've got all the, the split yeah. pages with all the stuff. It's just incredible. <sighs> that is really hard to beat. Yeah. Like, there, I mean, I'm sure there was a better one because there were just so many great Thor books this year, but that right. one is. I'm sure that as we do this review and as people go back and maybe reread some of these comics we're going to talk about on this episode and the next one, you'll find those panels like, oh, this was my favorite panel of the year. This is my favorite Thor panel of the year. And if you have a favorite Thor panel of the year, reach out to us on Instagram at the Mighty Thor podcast and share your favorite panel, your favorite Thor panel of the year. This one that Faz is talking about and that we're looking at right now, it's 
really hard to beat because Nick Klein is so good. And Matt Wilson, the Eisner award winning Matt Wilson is in my opinion, the best colorist going today. And Nick mm-hmm. Klein is incredibly hard to beat when it comes to drawing Thor books. So this fight's pretty hard to beat. <laughs> uh, lots of dynamism and lots of action. The last thing we see in this issue, it's kind of a revelation that we learn about when Thor is done with the fight. He doesn't have Mjolnir anymore. Odin is dead. What does he do next? He doesn't have a hammer. And so he's kind of, you know, for a few pages, he's kind of like, what do I do? Then Angela, his sister, has found a way to reforge the hammer and she presents it to Thor. And when she presents it to him, the hammer speaks back and Thor is like, Odin? So we now have this added little like, I don't know, curveball thrown into Thor's life where the hammer is also Odin at this point. Um, so, uh, I mean, that, that last page of the hammer sitting on the pedestal and the, the crackle and the plasma behind it, another great last page. Um, I think one, one thing that, you know, just wanted, we want to hit on repeatedly is because, uh, this is the last we see of Nick Klein on a Thor book for most of the year. He spends a long time away from the book, but he is so good at last page impressions. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, hmm, I remember that last page. That one is going to sit with me for a while. And, and we've got to uh, give some respect to Donnie for that, too. The right, writing right. at this point, he's uh, he's setting it up so you always want to see what comes next. True. Which, at the end yeah. of the day, is the whole purpose of these books, right? Like, It's, it's essentially episodic television. Mm-hmm. It's episodic television where like that last little bit that you see has got to hook you for the next time. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. This is totally, it's totally Dragon Ball Z logic. Um, And and really the the last thing we, we, we truly see in this book is the uh, next issue is going to be Thor 750. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll get to that in just a little bit. We've got to get into though, keep staying in March. We've got to get into Faz's favorite book of the year because on March 11th, Alligator Loki, the infinity comic started coming out and it was the same creative team all the way through. So I'm just going to tell you the creative team right now. And I'm actually going to like let Faz do the synopsis of these because he loved them so damn much. Um, The creative team for this whole uh, series, I believe it was 14 issues throughout the year was Alyssa Wong, Bob Quinn and Pete Pentazis. Uh, so the first one came out on March 11th. Faz, what was it called? What was it about, man? So the world changed for the better oh on March gosh. 11th, 2022. <laughs> we we all know how much I love Love and Thunder. We all know how much I love the the main Thor book, but alligator loki was just such a joy for all 14 or however many there were yeah infinity comics the first one's called family bonding alligator and thor alligator alligator loki and thor go to an amusement park together yes there's fighting there's scratching there's fun to be had alligator loki is less of a brother to Thor and more of a pet to Thor in some of these. Right, right. The best and most wholesome way. And the way that 
through all of the books, Alligator Loki continues to do Loki things and stab and bite and and uh, mess with Thor. And Thor just keeps hugging him and calling him cute and, right? so, and so forth. <laughs> He's not intimidated just, by him. <laughs> it's just so wholesome. It's uh, these books are great. That's the first one. Ryan, do you have any other thoughts about? Uh, uh, no, that one was really fun because yeah. uh, we we alligator loki is kind of he's transformed from regular loki they kind of like mm-hmm. they kind of well they kind of like swap places mm-hmm. and um you just see alligator loki dropped into this you know situation where he's got to figure things out and thor is just like overjoyed by it i love it um yeah. and one thing that's a theme of these alligator loki infinity comics is that there are no words they like there's no dialogue so the art bob quinn's art tells the story and Alyssa Wong is essentially scripting these wordless scenes. And I I believe that even though there's no literal words on the page, a lot of great story is being told. So Alyssa does a great job of just having fun with this book, these infinity comics. And I think that's been a a thing that we've realized with Alyssa Wong's writing through the, you know, the, the things that we've read and the things, you know, she's doing with Deadpool right now. She is such a fun writer to follow. And um, yeah, the second issue of Alligator Loki came out on March 25th. Baz, why don't we uh, tell him what that one was? Because that one was uh, kind of important. (laughs) So the second one's called Hammer Time. And I still maintain that that's what uh, Jane should have said at the end with her catchphrase. A stop. Missed opportunity. This one's called alligator loki attempts to pick up the hammer what could go wrong and believe you me uh great listeners hijinks ensues it's it's just funny that a loki will always go back to the thing of like well yeah of course i'm gonna lift the hammer why wouldn't i well and he also he he has a cute little toy stuffed hammer that thor's given him that he he loves like a chew toy yeah yeah but that's not that's not the real thing right alligator loki wants the real thing he's gonna do anything he can to move the the hammer and you know alligator loki is not worthy <laughs> so there's no of course he's not worthy because he, he might he might be a cute alligator but he's still a loki and he breaks um, just about everything gets upset and runs away in shame <laughs> i, I do love that the hammer is resting on the dresser in thor's room and thor has all these pictures of him with other avengers that it, all these picture frames of him with Cap, him with you know, him with Hulk, him with Scarlet Witch, and Alligator Loki's just like trashing the entire room. Um, I Thor also this this is something that I really want. Uh, maybe we if we ever had a store, this would be a great thing to put on there. But I mean, it's in a Marvel comic, so it probably couldn't. Um, it's the Midgard's best as guardian. Oh mug. yeah, I want that badly. That's that's a good one. Um, the third issue of Alligator Loki came out in April. So we're going to begin our April. And uh, April was a big month, everybody. So we're going to have a, a, a we're going to have quite a bit to say here. But we'll start off with Alligator Loki number three, Baz. So Alligator Loki number three is a play on a very, very, very famous Loki trope here. It's called God of Butterflies. Not God of Lies, did there. God of Butterflies. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't me. It was it was all Alyssa there. To, and to uh, this butter, one. butter, butter, F, butter, F, butter <laughs> is F in parentheses. So you can read it, God of Lies, as well. 
Yes, you certainly can, but you shouldn't because of the the uh, the entire Infinity <laughs> comic, it's called In His New Home. Alligator Loki makes some new friends. He spends a whole episode here trying to consume some butterflies. I say consume because he doesn't really ever chomp and eat them, but he does chomp, and they do get in his mouth. And then he essentially, I I, I guess he kind of opens his mouth and sneezes, and they they all fly yeah. out happily. <laughs> It's kind of like a light, it's it's like a lighthearted, um, it's like a lighthearted Tom and Jerry sketch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one to lead us into the biggest news that we've come to yet in the year. And really our first MCU news was the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. No teaser. Oh yes, the teaser. So on April 18th, the teaser came out and Faz and I are going to rewatch these trailers as we go through so we can give you like our kind of fresh, but also like, uh, you know, looking back on what it was like to see these, you know, images and these trailers for the first time. But Faz, I mean, tell me about, you know, that that morning, you know, you you wake up, it's going to be a normal day. And then this teaser trailer kind of just interrupts whatever else you were doing. (laughs) So I was actually on vacation in Florida with my parents and my fiance at the time. And I had basically given up hope on getting a Thor trailer because it had been so long and nothing had come out yet. And I remember starting to see like Twitter explode for it. And I remember thinking there's no way it's real. Right. And then it came out and it was sweet child of mine. And listeners, you don't know this about me, but it is probably if, if it's not my favorite song but it is incredibly close it's a song Mm. that as a kid my mom used to sing to my brother and i all the time Mm. it's extremely meaningful to me awesome so to hear the song playing with all the costumes and the imagery and everything that's happening in this minute and a half teaser was i was just overcome with emotion that day i watched it like 60 times since it was like again seriously are you really watching it again oh my god it was incredible ryan what were you doing when when it came out So uh, I was actually, I was also on a trip. I was coming back from Oklahoma where my, uh, my father-in-law lives and um, I get, we were at a gas. I remember I I will, it's weird. I'll remember where I was. Like when I asked my wife to marry me, I was remember my, my wedding. I remember when my kids were born and I will remember where I was when I saw the Lord, uh, the Thor love and thunder teaser for the first time I was, I was at a Phillips Phillips 66 gas station leaving Oklahoma city. And someone had sent me, I don't know if it was will 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 or you sent me something that was like, Oh my gosh, it's finally here. And I sat in the car by myself while everybody else was in the bathroom. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, cause Again, listeners, take yourself back to January, to February, to March. Nothing. We had nothing yet. And the movie wasn't the first, it was the first weekend of July. Like we had gotten nothing. I was, I was pretty sure we were going to get a trailer during the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. back in February. And we didn't. And then March was just nothing. And there were so many events where it was like, oh, it's happening at this. It's happening at that. It's like so many like we got this covered must have scooped when the Thor trailer was coming out at least 10 times and it never came. And then this one just came out of absolutely nowhere. I feel like it was in the middle of the day. Like there was no pop and circumstance. Just, hey, look, Thor's here now. Get hyped. And uh, yeah, I I, again, like like Faz, I probably watched it 
a few dozen times. And then uh, I remember just people, you know, lighting up our, our, our show account being like, have you seen it yet? I'm like, wouldn't it be kind of ridiculous if I hadn't seen it yet? <laughs> but I know uh, that trailer was awesome. It got me thoroughly hyped and it was exciting. So uh, we'll have more, you know, uh, later on in the episode, we'll talk more about trailers and stuff. One, one more thing on this yeah. teaser. I think it was the perfect teaser. It captured the vibe of the movie. It didn't give away very much plot. It showed you a lot of cool stuff and it was done minute and a yep. half. If I wasn't so obsessed with Thor and needing to see all the imagery and stuff ahead of time, I wouldn't have watched any other trailers because this one was perfect. The teaser right. was all you needed for right. the vibe, the music, the costumes, how bright and colorful it was, and to build hype. And, and that laugh, and you know, uh, a lot of a lot of the hype around in this trailer was we knew what Hemsworth looked like. Mm-hmm. We did not know what Natalie Portman looked like as Jane. And she was in, in perfect. The, and that last little bit of like her catching the hammer and that slow pan down was awesome. And Thor's being like, Jane. Jane. <laughs> so that's the first teaser trailer we're going to talk about today. Um, but on April 22nd, just a few days after that, the fourth issue of Alligator Loki came out. Now, Faz, what was the fourth issue of Alligator Loki about? We're just burning through Alligator Loki so far. You no, know, it's it was a great year for Alligator Loki. There was no Loki Disney Plus show, so we had a much better Loki. That's not true. <laughs> Hiddleston's amazing, but you guys know how I feel about Alligator Loki. <laughs> right, right, I have right. no shame about it. This one's called World Tour, and Thor is taking Alligator Loki around to show his friends his new favorite brother. And it's great. Thor picks him up out of the, the butterflies, starts... I think he starts by FaceTiming Jane. Yep, yep, he does. Right. It it takes off right from where we left off in issue three, which mm-hmm. not every issue in this series picks up where the last one left off. No, but this one does, and he gets immediately bit, which pisses Thor off to no end. And they go <laughs> flying away. Loki's like, he gets Loki tries to escape. Thor panics, catches him, gets bit again. <laughs> Loki goes to eat a bird. Thor saves the bird. They land in Avengers Tower somehow. And then he's like, everybody, look at my friend. Look at how cute he is. They're all about to fight him. Thor puts the hammer on Thor just, Thor just puts the hammer right on his back. And the last <laughs> image is Loki just being like, hmm, <laughs> with oh. the hammer on his back. Oh, so good. Alyssa Wong, you're the best. So, uh, yeah, that that's our fourth issue of Alligator Loki. Then uh, in in also in April, in the in the towards the end of April, the Marvel Legends Thor Love and Thunder line of action figures came out and this wave included um, the 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 armored Thor that we see in the film, the Ravager Thor, a.k.a. the, you know, Michael Jackson vest, or as I call it, the Fast Guardian vest. Oh, love um, it. <laughs> we got Groot, Gore, uh, King Valkyrie and Star-Lord. And then we also got to... Um, we got all the build a pieces because the Marvel Legends line do this, you know, where if you buy every figure in the line, you you get a build a figure and the build a figure was Korg. So uh, additionally, in this line of Marvel Legends toys, there was also a one to one scale replica of the hammer that Jane has in the film. It's all cracked and there's lights and effects that come with it. So that we got our first major, you know, we got the Legos. Now we've got the actual action figures. Uh, so uh, Faz, do you own any of these, um, these figures or uh, so the hammer? I, I don't have, I don't have the figures. I do have the hammer and I have oh, the awesome. old hammer too. So I can directly compare them. Okay. The first one that they made in like 2012 is nice. It's 
not that loud. It's not that bright. And there's no good way. Like there's a, there's a switch on it, which pissed a lot of people off because you have to, like it's visible. You can see the switch there. Oh, okay. I repainted mine. I love my hammer because of that. I, I, I put a new strap on it. Specifically, my friend Reed's uh, Props Plus did all of the painting. Go check out Reed's Props Plus on Instagram. He, he is, is fantastic. Model. Yeah. But uh, this new one came with weathering on it. This new one came with a better hidden system for the batteries and whatnot. It's louder and it's brighter than my Stormbreaker. Oh, wow. So this thing is fantastic. I haven't done anything to it yet. I'll probably have Reed repaint it just because he's amazing, but I don't need to. It's great on its own. It is a beautiful prop. And if you're a Jane fan or a Thor fan, I highly recommend it. In terms of the the, the uh, action figures, these ones caused a lot of controversy in the comic bro uh, world. And the reason I say that is because the first look at Gore was revealed here. And yeah, he didn't I was gonna look mention like that. Voldemort. <laughs> Just the fact that he looked like his own character and he looked like Christian Bale was enough to make people lose their collective marbles. Oh, Even man. though it would, like, why would you want him to be Voldemort anyway? He still looked great here, I think. I admit that he looked a lot better in the movie than he did in the art for the Marvel Legends. Yeah, figure. the art for the movie did, I will say, it didn't inspire me. Um, and, and, until you see him actually doing stuff, you think, like, really? And then you see him, and it's right. like, oh, that makes sense. It, but it, I can see yeah, him, yeah, it makes much more sense when Bale's able to add the um, the, the the menace to it. Yeah, the, the Christian uh, Bale of it all. The emotion to it, yeah. The Christian Bale of it all. Uh, but... Here we go. At the end of April, this was our big Thor anniversary issue for the year. This was on April 27th, the Thor 750, the legacy number 750 to include Will a little bit on this review. (laughs) The 750th issue of Thor came out. It was uh, in the current run. It's number 24. The, The main creative team is still present here. Donnie Nick Klein, Matt Wilson, and Joe Sabino. But there were a lot of other former Thor creators that worked on this book. And I am going to give you a comprehensive list of them. uh, And maybe you'll notice some of your favorites in here. There was Walt Simonson, Louise Simonson, John Workman, Dan Jurgens, Klaus Jansen, J. Michael Straczynski, Olivier Coipel, Alejandro Sanchez uh, Rodriguez, Al Ewing, Lee Garbett, Antonio Fabella, Jason Aaron, and Das Pastoras. So, and listeners, re- real quick, if you mispronounce any of those names, please feel free to go cancel him on his Instagram or no. on my Instagram. Yeah, he c- cancel me with my dozens of followers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this issue was so monumental, so big. Uh, and then we got lots of different stories in this one. Obviously, there's the funeral story for Odin, the All Father, that Donnie and Nick bring us. But Faz, I forget when we were when we reviewed this issue. Did you have a favorite story from from this one? Looking back at it, I think my favorite story was actually the Kate story. No, it was either the Kate story or the one with uh, with the legal document, the will, and all that. The J. Michael Straczynski yeah. story. Yeah, that's my favorite. There's so many good ones. I don't even remember. They're all great. I think this might be the best Thor book I've ever read in the sense that it's so big and it's so well done that individual stories might be better. Like it's hard to beat the, uh, the, 
or the God Butcher arc, obviously, with Jason well, yes. Aaron. But Classic. for one individual comic to have hundreds of pages and all of the stories perfectly capture the era that they were meant to represent with all of these star-studded uh, creative teams, they got the band back together like 10 times yeah. for this issue. Like, it's not just Jason Aaron's back with his team. Everybody's back with their team. And it's just... It's incredible. It's the it's the one that made me think Donny Cates really knows what the hell he's doing, which is kind of funny with what what comes next. But when when we get to our second part, um, our faith our faith is shaken a little bit. <laughs> um, but uh, I I I think my favorite story in here was the J. Michael Straczynski um, story where uh, Olivier Coipel does amazing artwork. You know, like mm-hmm. like he's you know known to do. But it's it's Thor writing his will. Which is so interesting because all we've heard about these, they're immortal and yeah, we can die, but they don't stay dead. So why would you write a will? Um, And I think that, that Straczynski's story shows a lot of humanity and a lot of humility in Thor. And I I love, I love, I love that story. I also love how this one ends where at the end of Odin's funeral, again, it's that, that Donny Cates, Nick Klein last page, you know, what am I going to learn in, on the last page that makes me want to buy the next one? And this one doesn't really apply to the next issue because we go off into a, a different. Oh, I forgot series. that was the tease. I forgot oh about this God. too. Because when Odin passes on to Valhalla, we, 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 he tries to pass on to Valhalla. And when he gets there, Valhalla is empty. So he comes back in the, in the hammer. And the last thing we see is, we see Odin wide eye and he says Valhalla is gone. And that storyline really hasn't been picked up on yet. So we like, in, really in, have they not addressed it at all? Was I, it- I, you know what listener, if you know, if they've picked up on this, this Valhalla, you know, being empty and Odin figuring this out. If you, if you know, if they've mentioned it the rest of the year, I don't think they have. And I could be wrong. I, I probably am wrong. <laughs> if someone wants to, you know, share what they know about this, go right ahead. Fast. I don't think they have. That's yeah. That's a good point. I completely forgot about that crazy cliffhanger. Unless it was Donald Blake after, and, and did he talk about nope. it? Donald Blake. Um, Donald Blake was a while. Was ago. he before? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. So yeah, because then we get into all the random one v one fights, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And we're we're gonna we're gonna jump into one of those really quickly so the beginning of may we kind of hit another comics heavy little run here where uh, alligator loki number five comes out on may 6th uh, and this one is called zoo break vaz what was zoo break like zoo break was alligator loki in a zoo for lack of a better word he's, yeah he's, it was he, one of those really simple it's it's a really fun premise because we've got a lot of young Avengers, and I mean that not necessarily that it's the young Avengers team, but it's young people who are Avengers. They may be in the young Avengers team that are at the zoo, and they just happen to run into the shining star of our universe, Alligator Loki, the in an enclosure. shining star of our universe. And there's the the panel that might be the best panel in all of Alligator Loki, the I'm in timeout panel, where it shows yes. a pouting Alligator Loki with Mjolnir on him. And they just they feel so bad for the little guy. They he he does puppy dog eyes. 
he rolls over and they smuggle him out. And on his way out, you get one of those mischievous Loki stares like, oh, yeah, I'm free now. What am I going to do next? It's just it's just the pinnacle of storytelling when it comes to Loki. It's just it's excellent. <laughs> no hyperbole at all. Um, on May 11th, we began our newest storyline in the Thor to Thor, you know, run of, of 2022. We go from the God of Hammers that storyline we go from that one big almost anthology style book of the anniversary issue the thor 750 issue and we jump right into banner of war which banner of war was this 60th anniversary of both thor and hulk donny cates was at the time writing both books and we had this combination come together of like we're gonna get a thor and hulk fight and there's going to be a decisive winner. And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be stakes to this. It's going to change the Marvel universe. And, uh, you know, we'll get toward, you know, towards the end of these issues to give you kind of our, our summed up review. But in correlation with this uh, miniseries, we were actually able to interview and speak with Martin Cocolo, who has mm-hmm. since become a good friend of the show. Uh, Martin's awesome. And uh, he was able to speak with us about these issues leading up to it. And then we actually did a review with him when they were concluded. So the first issue, again, came out May 11th. Hulk versus Thor, Banner of War Alpha, number one. This issue is not considered part of either the Hulk run or the Thor run. This is kind of a, a jumping on point. And then the Thor and Hulk books kind of take the story from that point. So the creative team for Banner of War Alpha number one was Donny Cates, Martin Cocolo, Matt Wilson, and Joe Sabino. The solicitation goes like this. Celebrating the 60th anniversary of both characters, this epic five-part crossover between Thor and Hulk, the Thor and Hulk series starts here with this oversized alpha issue brought to you by creators Donny Cates and Martin Cicolo. Key mysteries from both series are revealed as well as shocking consequences for the future of both characters. So, Baz, this first issue, we're dropped into this massive fight. And what were your what were your impressions? Oh my, this my, this first issue i was pretty hyped i mean it, it starts with uatu the watcher telling us about how wild it's going to be you sure that's not watch. will they sure it's not just giant will with a it, thing of popcorn you know it very well could be will rose it's uh he, he says he's at galaxy's edge right now but he might just be watching the newest cage fight between whoever the biggest heavyweights are right now. <laughs> right. but if it's not will and it's uatu the watcher he tells us about the, the time that Thor and Hulk have an amazing fight and get ready. Cause there's definitely going to be a winner and there's going to be huge stakes and everything's going to be amazing. And you're all going to be super satisfied with the ending. And as you can tell, by the way, I'm talking, we were extremely satisfied with the ending. Mm. I was confused uh, but by it. It, it. it was a very good start. There was the panel where they were a fight mortal combat style. Oh, Thor that's, and Hulk. Yes. Yeah. That, that was so good. A lot of really cool imagery. They, they've got the like, starship hulk thing going on now which took a little bit for me to kind of get on board with but uh it's there and thor's doing his cool thor stuff you'll notice though that he's not really all fathering he's just doing regular thor stuff here he's regular thoring which is two two issues after he became the golden uh goku style thor he's not doing that here he's just using regular lightning and he's not losing but he's not winning either so odin decides right. let, let me talk to him i 
I'm the ghost of a hammer. I could have some fun. Let's, you know, go inside the starship Hulk and Odin has this standoff with Bruce Banner. Um, And that, you know, that kind of leads us into the the next issue of this series. But there is. So one thing we said to Martin when we talked to him was that he he draws so viscerally. Mm-hmm. And his fight scenes have so much dynamism to them. There was one part of this. This is up there for my panel of the year is when Hulk just rips his own like stomach out to get up from M- Mjolnir being on his back. Yeah, that was grotesque. And when Martin told us in our interview with him that it, it his original pass on that was a lot grosser. I was like, well, yikes. What is this man capable of? What kind of monstrosities are in his brain? Um, it, it was a, it was a really uh, fun opener to this. And, and really, again, at this point in the year, Donnie had me so hooked. And I think, yeah, the Banner of War, about halfway through Banner of War, the end of Banner of War, I think my tune sl- sl- slowly changes. And listeners, that's what we call foreshadowing in the business. Uh, or or on this show we call it foreshadowing. I love it. Uh, the, the the second I said foreshadowing, I regretted it because there was, I, a, there was a pun to be made. And you I said didn't it, say I knew it, yeah. I was going to go with it. I'm just um, glad you picked it up because I I should have said it, and then they would have groaned at me, but instead they groaned at you. I and you can thank uh, everybody. You can thank uh, all former guests of the show, Mike Kaplan, for getting me on that mindset of trying to come up with Thor puns all the time. So thanks, Mike. You're awesome. Um, Let's go to our next event in our 2022 Thor review. That is part two of Banner of War in Thor number 25 on May 18th. The the, uh, creative crew remains the same from the Alpha book, but this is the 60th anniversary celebration of their rivalry. Their, Their battle continues in the second installment. Banner's newfound control of his rage is prolonging the fight more than Thor has expected. And with Banner holding his own, Thor must get creative. Odin's Odin's breakthrough look into Banner's psyche seems to slow the violence, but will it be enough? Faz, I will give you first go at your thoughts on this one. At this point, I'm still fully on board with Banner of War. It's obviously more punch, punch, kick, kick than some of the other issues of Thor that we get, but it's sometimes it's fun to have a punch, punch, kick, kick storyline. And we get a classic final panel hook with the Thor and Hulkbuster armor that we get from Tony. It just looks incredible. I don't remember what it's actually called. Do you know what it's called, Ryan? It's this, it's the celestial, it's the celestial Hulkbuster armor. Something like that. It just looks incredible. Oh, um, you, Ryan, what were you thinking at this point? Well, again, I'm I wasn't as locked in on the Hulk series at this point. Mm-hmm. I had bought the first few issues, but the Starship Hulk stuff kind of confused me. Um, and I don't I didn't really like I don't know, it didn't really grab me. So I didn't know about the El Paso stuff. Um, I didn't know really where that was headed. Um, so we learn a lot about why Thor is trying to track down Bruce and the Hulk at this point. And it's because of this, this massacre that Bruce was at the epicenter of in El Paso. That's why he's trying to track down the Hulk and kind of bring him to justice. But Tony, when Tony goes into business for himself, almost nothing good happens. 
<laughs> so he shows up where they're having this fight in this gigantic, you know, friggin', I don't know, Gundam suit. And um, he he basically had like Faz said, he has that last page reveal where he says, I I'm I'm gonna have to ask to, you to both step away. Then uh the he's this suit is so over the top. The, really i love that martin just kind of went nuts with this one and uh it leads into the hulk number seven where we'll pick up the the third part in uh in just a little bit any other thoughts on these first few issues of this series because they came out back to back weeks so we got kind of this one-two punch of banner of war and then we had to wait a while for that third part yeah, I I don't know. It it has it piqued my interest. I wasn't as into it, admittedly, as some of the other ones we've had. Like you can't really beat the Black Winter Saga compared to something like this, right? But it it was interesting. I thought it was cool. I was getting very Ragnarok vibes from it with the Thor v Hulk stuff, and I was having a lot of fun with it at this point. So on May twentieth, our next comic came out. That was Alligator Loki Infinity Comic number six. Baz, tell them what this one had in store for us. This one's called Petrix, and it's maybe the best of the bunch. I know I've okay. said that like four times already. Alligator Loki will do anything for some tasty treats is the line. And it's essentially our young Avengers. That is true. With their pet, Alligator Loki. And they have these little mule treats. Mule treats, yes. Alligator mule treats is what they say. Squirrel Girl has them. And essentially, they teach him all these tricks. They teach him how to sit. For a treat and it's adorable they teach him how to roll over for a treat and it's adorable they teach him how to shake a paw for a treat and it's adorable teach him how to stand for a treat and it's adorable teach him how to play dead for a treat and it's adorable and it just continues like this and thor comes in the kids are all super panicked because they think he's gonna be mad they hand him some treats he feeds alligator loki and alligator loki bites his arm again and that i mean really it's just it's uh, alligator loki is so adversarial in this yeah. um he's specifically will not to get thor, he, he likes other people he just doesn't like his brother and it's hilarious <laughs> so on may 23rd we got our first full-length trailer for thor love and thunder and there's a few things about this one that were uh, a, a little significant. We get to see more characters. We get to learn a little bit about the plot. Um, but namely, it was our first trailer look at Gore the God Butcher. So, Faz, we've seen the images, the previews. But what was it like seeing Christian Bale actually like get to move around and kind of act in that part a little bit? Um, that first impression, man. You never this forget was, your first. This was the, the trailer moment. would say. <laughs> this is the moment where you really think oh yeah i'm not worried about gore anymore <laughs> if, if if you looked at the photos and he's like not all weathered and he's like bright white and he doesn't have a lot going on you think i don't know if this is going to work you watch him for the five seconds in this trailer and you're like oh yes that is gore the god butcher and i am fucking hyped it um this trailer i think in retrospect revealed too much I was going to say that, yeah. I think essentially the whole plot of the movie's in there, and a lot of the best jokes are in the trailer, which meant that when they happened in the movie, people who watched the trailer obsessively weren't laughing anymore. 
Yeah. Which is too bad because then you get the stupid takes that it's not funny and it's terribly written when really like you, you, you loved that joke on May 23rd. It's just, you watched the trailer three times a day for two months before the movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was uh, like the, the flip, the flick at the end. Like that's, mm-hmm. a, that's just, that's just kind of like easy, funny. Uh, because you know it's like it's not really making fun of Hemsworth but like he's got an insanely great physique and then all the people fainting at the end that's just like that's good that's that's just easy funny laugh um but yeah when you when that's the joke for a few months it's like oh and it gets to that point in the movie it's like oh yeah right i saw it in the trailer cool yeah that's that's exactly it and there were a whole bunch of moments like that that would have been like the the mjolnir reveal scene when jane comes in they basically just added 10 seconds to it in the movie to what was in this trailer. And it could have been like, it it really could have been a complete shock. And I think it would have worked a lot better for people than the fact that they knew it was there and they were just waiting for it to be over. Also one more Faz getting on his soapbox, everybody complaining about the CGI helmet here and how it's so obviously CG and it looks terrible and it's obviously fake only to find out that it's fucking real and that Weta made it and they didn't CG it in this scene the internet is the worst, and the closer we get to the reveal of the of the movie, the angrier Faz is going to get about how it was treated. <laughs> oh boy, you've all been warned. Um, so next in the end of May, we have May twenty fifth, where this is the only issue of Avengers we're going to cover in this review because we're we're talking about Thor main title like main titles Thor or Thor adjacent characters like Alligator Loki were in this year, but we're going to talk about this one issue of Avengers because it is written by Jason Aaron and uh, it's uh, drawn by Javier Garon who Javier Garon is one of my favorite artists. Now Um, if you pick up the Avengers book for one, for one thing, I mean, I hope you enjoy the writing, but the artwork is also insane. Uh, Brian Reber and Corey Pettit are also on this book. This issue number 56 is called the saga of Jane. And Jason writes a very Jane centric story where she kind of relives this fantasy of what she wanted her life with Thor to be like at one point, and then realizes that she's essentially in a nightmare that is being orchestrated by Mephisto and all these different versions of Mephisto. So uh, Jason did a great job on this one. I felt like it was a really good one shot of the one of the newest Avengers, uh, Jane as the Valkyrie. But Faz, you remember reading this one? Was this one you picked up? Because I don't yeah, know. The, the, yeah, the, this one I definitely did read. And I really like not only just the issue itself, which is great, but the lingering effects of this issue. Because the temptation of Jane is a fantastic storyline where she thinks she's happy. She's living her life as a Valkyrie. She's enjoying her life. And Mephisto at this point in the, in the book is trying to tempt all the Avengers into basically messing up. And the thing that he uses to tempt her is Mjolnir because she misses being Thor. Yeah. And she didn't know she had that inside of her until this moment. And I think that's really cool because she feels a great deal of shame about it. She doesn't want to talk to Thor about it. She doesn't want to talk to any of the Avengers and it has lasting consequences. It's so Mephisto-y to do that to somebody. Yeah. It's, just, I, it's really cool. Totally agree. Um, let's get to the third part of our Banner of War uh, comic book storyline where we get to Hulk number seven on May 25th. This is done by Donny Cates and Mark Nicolo. Frank Martin Jr. and Corey Pettit take over because they're the regulars on the Hulk book. 
But the third installment of this epic crossover between Hulk and Thor sees Iron Man interrupt their pivotal moment in this uh, Thor Hulk fight. And there he's equipped with the celestial Hulkbuster armor of his own design. Tony is convinced that he can ensure Thor's victory and Hulk's capture. But sometimes what you don't know really can hurt you. Faz, your takes, good sir. This one was again, it was it was pretty fun. Like Tony basically they set him up as like he's gonna be doing a really good job and fighting back, and he just gets his ass handed to him for like 20 panels. Thoroughly. Yeah, I I kind of wish we got more Tony ass kicking instead of getting ass kicked. But I also like, given that they're setting up Thor and Hulk being so much more powerful that Tony breaks ribs, so on and so forth. And again, chance for panel of the year here, the Thor panel with the with the ravens around him and the lightning, and he goes so good enough, Tony. If you can hear me, stay down. Right, it's so it, sick. It. That that panel, um, which uh, that full page panel, which Martin draws just so epically, um, it is kind of one of those where even out of its context, it looks good. Like if you had a textless a textless version of this panel, mm-hmm. it would look awesome because Hugin and Munin are are hovering above his shoulders, the two ravens, and he just looks like the guy you don't want to mess with in that panel. Um, when we get to the end of this episode or this episode this issue there's a giant gamma explosion uh, where odin tries to appeal to hulk because now odin knows what happened in el paso but this giant like gamma explosion happens and thor is turned into a hulk and that's the last like again another in a great line of Donnie doing these last page reveals and having, um, having Thor just, you know, Thor, he's all gamut out. Then he says, Thor smash continued in Thor number 26. <laughs> like that's how the issue ends. Uh, man, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. Fads. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's he still, uh, I, he still had us. I, I will admit, though, this is when I was starting to kind of wonder why <laughs> it, it was cool to see an irradiated Thor. And you kind of knew what they were going to do with Hulk the second that we had an irradiated Thor. But uh, I would have been good with the fight just being Thor as Thor and Hulk as Hulk the whole way through. Yeah, it is cool that he did this, though. At this point, he'd only this is the first time he's pulled this trick. And I'm a lot more on board in uh in May of 2022 compared to as we get to in November or whenever it was at this point. Right. Like, That's a cool novel right. idea that you'd only ever do once and certainly not do in the very next storyline. Definitely. Not. Yeah. <laughs> We're, I hope, I hope listeners have not, maybe, maybe listeners have caught on to our, our, um, what we're going to be talking about in our second half of, I think Donnie started this year off really strong. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if we've, I don't know if I can say we finished as strong as we, as we started the year with the Thor main title. Mm-hmm. Um, but this issue was really good. Um, it ends with us learning that Thor has become this giant gamma Hulk. Um, and like Faz said, we kind of know what's going to happen in the next part if they're going to become, you know, kind of mirror images of each other in a way. But we begin June and June is the last month we're going to cover on this episode. So we're going to talk about a few different comics and then we're going to talk about the last trailers before our uh, our, our big movie 
that we're going to cover in depth in our next episode. So June 3rd, Alligator Loki number seven comes out. It is called Joyride. Faz, give us a, a brief little synopsis of what happens in that awesome Infinity comic. So this one is... Uh... The, the summary is, another attempt to steal Mjolnir has put Alligator Loki in a dangerous predicament. It starts with Thor and Doom in a great fight, which in and of itself would be a very fun Infinity Comic. Oh, I'm, 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 the, I'm here for it. I'm totally yeah. here for it. Thor calls Mjolnir from faraway lands. It passes by our friend Alligator Loki, who's back hanging out with his butterflies. Because he, he is the god Mjolnir. of butterflies. He is, yes. And he sees the, the hammer and he's like, oh, I still want that grabs onto it and gets pulled all the way through the pretty much the whole Marvel universe to get to Thor. <laughs> we see so many different people. And then he hits Thor in the face by accident, knocking him out and leading Dr. Doom to be like, wait, what the fuck? I thought I was fighting Thor. And then Thor has the, instead of like him looking all dazed or being knocked out, Thor just has X's over his eyes and his, his like little tongue is hanging out. Um, it's a great, it's a great, funny little, you know, uh, of course this, uh, it's, you know, like, oh, I didn't even mean to do it. And I knocked out one of the most powerful beings in the, in the Marvel universe. Um, but no, another, another good fun addition to that series. We're going to jump quickly into thor number 26 which is hulk versus thor banner of war part four of five so this one creative team is donny cates martin Cocola, matt wilson joe sabino and this is the fourth installment in the 60th anniversary crossover thanks to odin thor now realizes the gravity of banner's situation and and its connections to that mysterious violent incident in el paso but when iron man's interference causes more harm than good our two rivals face shocking changes that change the stakes of the battle for good. So in this issue, we see this in this gamma radiated Thor fight against Hulk. And then the hammer chooses a new worthy wielder. Hulk gains these Asgardian uh, powers and he uh, he gains the Asgardian verbiage <laughs> that has been kind of it was kind of weird to see the Hulk talk as an Asgardian um, then I will say the last page of this comic was one of my favorite pieces of artwork from Martin it's the planet exploding out of the side this was one of those panels where after I read this issue on the day it came out I sent Martin a message and I said Martin how in the world did you do this? How did you, how did you draw that? And he was like, uh, carefully, you know, slow. it's like, no, if I could draw like that, I, I freaking <laughs> wouldn't get out of bed for like less than like a grand or whatever. Like that's, it's so good. It's so stinking good. Um, and that's what happens when the, you know, Mjolnir connects with the, with a, a Hulk punch, but apparently planets explode. So, um, yeah, I, this one was just uh, another great issue of them duking it out, man. Yeah, it's it's great, and they they have like some new lore that gets added in. Like now that Odin is in the hammer, he's deciding what worthiness means, which is a fun twist on. Right, we learned in the in the banner in the banner in the the God of Hammers storyline that it's kind of this really sadistic God of the Storm that's making the decisions before right. us. So. On the one hand, you think like really Odin's making the call, but like is that worse than a, a magical lightning power that's also kind of tied up with Mangog? I 
I think Odin's a pretty good judge of worthiness and character, right? So it's a, it's it's a cool twist. <laughs> yeah, he's all about character, and you know, hey, one, a, one thing about Odin being is a good dude, he, he doesn't have the virtues, but he is good at picking out who does have them. You know, you're you're probably not wrong there. The, uh, at the end of this issue. We're not going to get on today's episode. We're not going to get to the conclusion of Banner of War because there was a long delay between issues four and five. So Mm -hmm. issue four came out in June, the beginning of June. The end of Banner of War would not come to us, the readers, until August 17th, everybody. We waited so long for the conclusion of this storyline. But at the end of this issue, there's a little thing here that I, I had forgotten about, but I'm looking at it right now and I want to include it. There is the, uh, you know, the first hint that we're that our next storyline in the Thor book is going to be Thor meeting up with Eddie Brock, the king in black, or and most of you know him, Venom. So we know that there's a, a big, you know, big kind of another team up coming of Thor facing off, facing off and, and teaming up with this other hero we know that donnie's going to be writing it and salvador la roca is going to do the art salvador la roca great artist and in the parentheses at the end of this issue it says rest assured nick klein fans nick is already hard at work drawing number 29 and then it says this part the first part of our next big arc valhalla risen now, those of you that have read the last issue of Thor, Thor 29, that is not what the story is. <laughs> so they say it's going to be the first part of Valhalla Risen, and that's not what it is. It's the legacy of Thanos, so which is being written by Thorne Grunbeck. So who I, I don't really know what happened there. I'm sure there's, you know, uh, you know, people on the comic book you know, news websites that know that kind of stuff. I don't know it. Um, and uh, I've really enjoyed what Thor 29 has brought us. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know what the plan was. I don't know why it changed, but that was in the printed edition of this issue of Thor. So, yeah. Any thoughts on that? You Faz, you look quizzical. <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to needlessly speculate because I feel like the answer is probably already out there, but that's like, I wouldn't be surprised because we, we know that Donnie took a bit of a break from the Thor comic for a bit. And that's why, you know, Thorin's here and she's doing a great right. job. I, I wonder if had Donnie continued at this stage, that's what was going to happen. And maybe he maybe. decided to take the break and they were like, well, we've got this other story. We were going to have her, right. That is a perfect thing to do in the middle. And that's how that happened. That's uh very interesting. I want to know what happens in the Valhalla arc, right? <laughs> I forgot maybe, about maybe, this. Maybe I, it just got, it maybe, left my mind. Maybe it's one of those things where it just gets pushed. It gets pushed, you know, after this legacy of Thanos story. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Thor 34 will be it. Sure, maybe. That would work for me, yeah. I know that Torin's run on legacy of Thanos that we'll talk about next episode, it goes for a few issues. So she's guest writing for a little bit. Um, Next, on June 8th, uh, also the same day that uh, part four Banner of War came out, we got our first issue of Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor, number one. Written by Thorne Grunbeck, drawn by Michael Dowling, Jesus Abertov, and Joe Sabino were also on the team there. Um, we have spoken to Torin on the show. 
We have spoken to Michael Dowling on the show. I believe this was also around the time that we uh, we interviewed Jason Aaron here on the show. So June was a big month for us. It really was. And it also was the celebration of the, the actual anniversary of Thor's first appearance. So June, big month for us. And it was also, I believe, our year anniversary of the show. So June will always be special for us. So here's the little solicitation for the first issue of Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. When Mjolnir comes crashing through Jane's apartment window, she fears the worst of what has happened to Thor. As Asgard's greatest enemies, including Hela, Ulic the Troll, and the Enchantress, mount an assault on the Golden Realm, Jane must find Thor and save Asgard, even if it means she must once again risk her life to become Thor herself. So, Baz, what do you remember from this first issue? Because it set the scene pretty quickly for what this five issue miniseries was going to be well the first thing i remember that stuck out with me with this one is the power set of jane as valkyrie and the scene right. of her finding the soulless person that was like a bomb or whatever that was just yeah. such a cool way to, to visibly show that power for the reader to show that yeah. she's a valkyrie she guides the dead she sees the souls they know when they're going to die it can change but but she knows probability wise how it's going to happen in that moment and then she can tell if something crazy is about to happen because everybody would suddenly switch to zero right on their right, right. It's really cool. It's the it is a incredible start to get me into the whole Jane Valkyrie thing, and then really sets the adventure off with a bloody Mjolnir flying through her window. Right, right, and we we we're we're te- we're teased, and the bait is kind of on the hook with this issue. I was just honestly. I was most excited that we were getting Torin writing a Thor adjacent book because mm-hmm. she'd written the Valkyrie book. She'd written Jane Foster. She writes this other Thor adjacent book coming out before the movie. And uh, the news had not yet broken that she was going to be guest writing on the main Thor series. So when Torin writes Thor, I get excited. So I was excited about this book. And next we are going to be talking about Oh my goodness. Tickets are on sale for Thor Love and Thunder. So on June 13th, almost a little bit over a month before the film was going to hit theaters, tickets were on sale. We got this brief little, you know, kind of different look at the trailer uh, that announced that tickets were now on sale. But Faz, did you buy your tickets opening day? Oh, of course I did. I bought them opening day for the Thursday night preview show. And, uh, as I do with every Marvel thing, especially with the Thor thing. And it was extremely exciting and extremely stressful. I think this is when Cineplex was still, Cineplex is the Canadian uh, AMC. I don't know if they're owned by the same company, but it's like the equivalent. Yeah. And it was always crashing for hours upon these movies being released. So I was going to a smaller theater in town called Landmark Cinemas that, uh, that had the tickets immediately. And that was kind of, I went there because I couldn't get into the main one. And you know, I'm not sure, seeing Thor a day late and being spoiled nope. on the internet. That would I know be insane. I wouldn't. Yeah. How about you, Ryan? Did you get them right away? So um, I live in a small town um, that I live in a small town where there really is no buying them ahead of time. So uh, it's, I dude, super old school of uh, one screen theater. Um, and uh, I basically, <laughs> made an agreement with the owner of the theater i was like hey um i will literally like 
die of like expectation if I can't see this opening night. So I, uh, I paid for my tickets ahead of time um, and made sure, you know, I had them uh, got like an online guarantee basically um, preferential yeah. treatment unbelievable well and then but the cool thing about that I'll, when we get to the actual uh uh debut of the movie something really cool happened when i went to the movie that um that guy remembered me and we had a conversation about about some uh some merchandise that i got from the theater so it was a, it was a great weekend. I think I ended up going a few times. Um, but yeah, the getting tickets ahead of time uh, was not as efficient in my one horse town that probably uh, than you had. Um, we've got one more comic to talk about, and then we're going to talk about the final trailers leading up to Thor: Love and Thunder on this first part of our 2022 Thor review. So our last comic we're going to talk about today is appropriately. An issue of Alligator Loki. I feel like we've talked about Alligator Loki a lot tonight, Fast, <laughs> and it's which I know is okay a, with you. It's, it's been a great issue for that. This has been a great episode of the podcast to get eight Alligator Lokis at once. <laughs> Ryan normal, so normally all, only gives me like two minutes for Alligator Loki at the end of each issue. Now here, I'm getting two minutes get, eight get times. All of your Alligator Loki energy out on number eight, Spa Day. Spa Day. Again, maybe the best one. There's so many. It starts with a cucumber that looks like it might almost be an infinity stone in the first photo until you yes. see it zoom in and it's very much a cucumber and they're putting it on alligator loki's eyes so that he can be nicely cleaned they they're they're cucumbering him he's uh he's hanging out with all the villain uh villainesses like yeah, hella. hella clea strange Scarlet yeah. witch magic. magic yeah enchantress is there i think yes it's, she uh, is they're like moisturizing his scales. They're yeah, it's they're cutting his nails. Every everything is going really well for Alligator Loki in this. Yeah, one. and it, there's a lot of like fake outs where you see like magic pull out her sword and Loki's terrified, and then she just cuts his nails for him. Yeah, or, yeah, it's it's a fun. It's again, like fast. Said, it's a fun one. It's 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 a, it's a fun one. Human so, Loki shows up and is like, "I'm here for the spa too," and they all tell Loki to fuck off like, uh, because no, they've replaced you're, Loki. You're not welcome. Uh, you're not welcome. Get out of here. And Alligator Loki just has his hands on his chest. He's like, "Hmm, hmm, hmm. I am. Uh, I am uh, definitely enjoying myself here if, in this this hell spa." If there were words in the Infinity Comic, it would probably say, "I'm the captain now." <laughs> I'm the Loki now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So towards the end of June, we're going to hit our last two bits of information here on our review, our last two events. On June 20th and June 23rd, we got two last trailers for the Thor Love and Thunder film that was going to come out just, you know, days after. Um, one of them is, you know, very focused on the speech that Thor gives about the adventure they're going to go on. And then the last one is them kind of wrapping up who's on this team that's going to go on the adventure. At this point, we've seen all of our major players. We kind of know what the theme of the movie is going to be. We know what the vibe is going to be. And I know Faz has some thoughts on what maybe we we missed out from <laughs> being exposed to all of these trailers. Faz, the, the soapbox is yours. So two things. Number one, I think Marvel usually does a great job hiding what's in the movie with fake out scenes and fake out quotes and stuff like that. See Wakanda forever for that. But in this one, they made it seem like the Guardians were around the whole movie, even though we all knew that they weren't. They... 
made it sound like Thor was giving up being a superhero when really his whole thing was that now I'm only a superhero. They, they did a lot of stuff that resulted in people thinking that the movie was going to be something that it wasn't. And that hurt the expectation management for the movie. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I also didn't watch these last two trailers. And the reason is because they gave away the whole plot of the movie. There were one or two things that aren't in there, but it was it's a lot. And most of the best jokes were used up within the, the trailer stuff. So like we said before, like if you if you watched this 10 minutes of content, you got all the best jokes out of the way a month a month at the latest before the movie. So you got to think about them the whole time and they might not have hit the same in theater. So this, if anything, is a cautionary tale for the whole only watch the Marvel teaser if you can, watch the trailer if you have to. And avoid the rest of the promo stuff like the plague because you don't want to lose out on stuff. Right. And they were also doing like TV spots during the NBA finals at this point. Um, I, I, you know, as a fan that went in with trying to know as little as possible, but also trying to fulfill fulfill the I have a Thor podcast thing. It um, it was tough. It was difficult because I didn't want to know everything about this movie. I knew they were going to change, you know, stuff from the comics. So that wasn't exactly a, that wasn't a worry for me. I wasn't worried about them changing stuff. I was worried about knowing about all the changes beforehand. And so that was one thing where I was just like, I, 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 I got trailer fatigue. Um, cause like we had waited so long to get the teaser and the teaser was awesome. And that first trailer was awesome. And I just kind of, you always wish they would stop. Um, or at least I guess most of the people that I talk to about these movies, I wish they would stop and not oversell, but then I look at it, you know, try to think of it from the business point of view. Yeah. It would sell as many people on this movie as possible. And that's what I was going to say. Like people like us and people like our listeners, I'm sure the solution is just don't watch the later things yeah. because we're going sold, regardless. Right? Yeah. Like, like the rest of the trailers are like, we have that family that might not go to this movie and we have to show them how cool the stuff is. So they'll come. It makes perfect sense to me from a marketing standpoint. And that's why the best marketing campaign was done by Avengers Endgame. Because everybody was going to see that movie. It didn't matter if it was them all in a in a focus group where they're just crying for three hours. Everybody was going to be there. So the ads for it were just from the first 20 minutes of the movie. And, and that's the rest the, of the movie's a secret. And that's the gold standard, right? There were leaks. There were rumors. Most of them, I guess, proved to be true. I didn't listen to any of them. Thor, meanwhile, gave away pretty much everything in the marketing, which if you wanted that stuff, still a great time. You guys know how I stand on the movie, but right, right. if you didn't love the direction, you didn't have a chance to kind of enjoy it. Instead, you had to spend a month thinking about, oh, I can't believe they're making Thor funny, or I can't believe. Yeah, yeah. The, you, you were already really settled into the vibe. You already kind of knew everything. So uh, yeah, it was, it kind of changed the viewing experience because when, when most of us went into like Thor Ragnarok, we didn't really know what to expect from a Taika Thor thing yet. We knew it was going to be more Guardians-esque, more like fun space adventure kind of vibe, but we hadn't seen it yet. And Love and Thunder, we had seen that vibe in Ragnarok before. Yeah, But this is the last we're going to talk about <laughs> on our part one of this uh, 2022 year in review of Thor. We have talked through six months of news comics releases anticipation and on next time we are going to talk about thor love and thunder 
We're going to talk about a bunch of other Thor comics, and we're going to give away some of our awards for the year, like our favorite comic of the year. Maybe if you uh, submit some of your favorite panels, we'll share some of those. We'll share some of our favorite panels, some of our favorite moments, and what we really loved from this year in Thor, this jam-packed year of Thor. But I want to thank my good brother, my my, my worthy co-host, Faz, for joining me on tonight's episode. We will be back next time until you see us aboard the rainbow bridge for the part two of our review of this year in thor everybody we encourage you to do one thing and that is to stay worthy everyone